I'm Leon, and welcome to Good Time, Not A Long Time, a weekly comedy podcast where we rant, do random quizzes, discuss the latest news, and give up questionable advice. Now, without wasting any time, let's get straight into the podcast. Well, tut tut, we have uh, a few skivers, it seems, you know. Tegan, Ellie, disappointed, and they used to pick on me for not showing up to the podcast. Well, look who's laughing now. It's me. But yeah, right. So the podcast actually was supposed to be distance because it's it's a decision that I made based on, well, revising for my exam, which we're going to we're going to delve deep into it later. And then also because one of my sisters has also caught COVID. Um, so it was going to be distanced. However, Ellie decided that Greg's was more important than the podcast and Tegan decided to skive. No, I'm joking. Okay, so Ellie, she wanted to take her brother out for a meal at Greg's. Is that even possible? <laughs> I don't know. And Tegan had a online meeting, online course for her work, which on a Saturday, who can be asked? No, I'd turn around to the employers who'd be like, shove it up your ass. Unless I'm being paid extra, it's not going to happen. And Tegan wasn't paid, so... Well... It's just me and thee, as they say. And I've also got the microphone in handheld mode. So if there's some rustling, it's because I'm moving the microphone about. You know, I thought I might as well just do this recording whilst I'm chilling. You know, I'm sat in my bed, got my microphone in my hand and I'm just, I'm just chatting with you all. But yes, I have to start revising again because I may or may not have failed my second exam that I did. Well, yeah. I failed. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sugarcoat the situation. I I failed by quite a lot as well, uh, which is worse than the first time. But yeah, the first time I failed by three uh, percent, which was a massive blow because failing by three percent and then also missing out on a remark by zero point five percent because I would have had to fail by two point five percent in order for it to be remarked. So the second time it was anticipated that I'd do better. Since I was so close the first time, yeah, no, that was completely out of the park. I uh, I failed very badly. But the reason why I failed very badly is because I didn't have time to answer the last question. If I had answered the last question to the full, and the annoying thing as well, it was on a quality assurance and quality management, and that is something that I've revised quite intensively during my revision sessions, because there were two things that I revised, right? It was risk management and quality management. They were the two topics which I wasn't doing too well on when I first did my exam. So I thought I'll revise those intensively. And I did. So for the last question, when, you know, quality management was there, I was like, oh yes, bring it in. Until I realised I had about five minutes to answer the question. (laughs) Five minutes to answer an entire 50 mark question. So if I was able to answer it, I probably would have been able to pass. (laughs) But that was the reason why I failed and by quite a lot as well, because I ran out of time. And I don't know, I don't understand why, because I didn't approach the exam differently than did the first time. So don't know how I ended up managed. Well, actually, I think I might know how I ended up managed. Wait, what? How I ended up failing this exam. And that was because I think because I revised so much more. I had more information to put and it's annoying as well because on every single question I averaged higher or my score averaged higher than I got before but uh, just it was that last question unfortunately and maybe a little bit in between there was uh, another topic which I only got not enough but yeah unfortunately I'm just gonna have to do it again well because of that we from now on the podcast recording is going to be distance it's not going to be in person and that's because for some reason strangely distance podcasts are easier to edit than in-person ones and that's because when you're in person you have to take into consideration the other person speaking so you have to edit that out or come back it just takes more time 
So it's going to be distanced until I'm able to do my other exam. Don't know when it's going to happen. Everybody's quite miffed about it because of the way that it's been done. Essentially, it, the, the way we've been prepared is very bad. And even my company as well has been like, uh, we're switching. <laughs> we are not staying with these providers. We are going. We are leaving. Uh, so who knows what's going to happen? Well, I know I'm, I am going to do this exam for the third time and hopefully not fail. So it's back to the, uh, it's back to the vision because it's been six weeks since I last did it. That's the annoying thing as well. You have to wait six weeks per exam. It's so frustrating because I've heard that. I've not heard. It's been known that it only takes two weeks for the actual marking. The rest of the weeks are them deciding whether or not I cheated on the exam, which it shouldn't take that long, my friends. It should not. But that's how it goes. And yeah, just it's been six weeks since I lasted it. So I need to refresh myself and just get back into the swing of things, I guess. But I'm going to be honest, I haven't been revising this weekend because I've not got a specific date to aim for. I emailed my tutor, but <laughs> as always, no response because that is exactly how the exams have been going. Uh, and that's how the exams have been taught. No response from the tutor. So I don't know when the exact date is. So for this weekend, I thought I'm probably going to have to start revising very, very soon and very intensely. So I've just been uh, relaxing with it's Overwatch. It's been, I've got back into the swing of things in that sense. Overwatch was a game that I used to play religiously when it first came out, you know, where all the like characters and stuff, they were all OP and things, but now it's kind of, the, the game's dead because they just haven't been updating it, but they've been working on an Overwatch 2 and that's why I've got back into it because I did a little cheeky pre-order of Overwatch 2. The beta's coming out in a few days time, so I'm playing that. You probably don't even care, to be fair. You've Some of you might not even know what Overwatch is. But that's what I've been doing in my spare time. But all weekend, in fact, late night gaming. Another thing that I've been getting into as well is a small TV show called Smiling Friends. Not sure if anybody's heard about it, but Smiling Friends is essentially, it's an adult cartoon. Bear with me. It's an adult cartoon, but created by online creators like YouTubers. And, you know, there are some cameos as well, like Finn Wolfhard, who, who are in it. And he's he plays a character which you wouldn't even guess is Finn Wolfhard because he has a, I'm guessing, a voice modulator or whatnot. It's it's the guy living in the walls. Uh, but yeah, so Smiling Friends is, it's an adult comedy. And usually I don't like to watch adult cartoons. They don't interest me that much because they try to be like, as vulgar as possible and like the jokes just don't land and it's just for the sake of yeah it's it's because it's a cartoon and it's it's funny because it's gruesome they usually try to go in the uh the direction of family guy and every other cartoon that was based off a of family guy because they found a formula and it works but the issue is that works about 10 years ago like that that was that was it's old it's old comedy but i go back now and i watch family guy it's awful it's not funny I don't even smirk whilst watching it, and I don't know why I enjoyed it so much when I was uh, when I was younger. Maybe because I thought, oh, well, this is a TV program that I shouldn't be watching because it's you know it's it's a bit too graphic and it's it's adult. But no, I don't know why I was interested in it in the first place. But this one, Smiling Friends, is it's only every episode is very short. It's about ten minutes long or something. I mean, you can see a lot of uh, reviewers on YouTube who will be going, this is this is like top quality stuff. This is good stuff. And I watched it and I'm going to be fair, I, at some moments I did laugh out loud. Some moments it was, oh yeah, that's a bit vulgar or whatnot, but they do it, I was going to say tastefully, you can't really be tasteful with it, but they do it in a way which they're not doing it for the sake of just throwing it in. You know, it's, it's done with meaning. It's done with purpose. And that's why I like it. So Smiling Friends is on Adult Swim, but if you're in the UK, it's also on Channel 4 for free. 
So sign up and, uh, and just watch it. It's fun. It's great fun. Another thing that I want to discuss as well is uh, biopics. There have been a lot of biopics released over the course of, I don't know how many years it's been, but there's been a surge in biopics. Hollywood and I are obsessed with creating exaggerated storylines of people who have been successful in their lives. Right, and I might understand, or I understood the biopic for you know Queen and people like that who you know maybe you are interested in uh, finding out how they got to where they were. But the the issue that I have with biopics is what is the point of creating an exaggerated storyline where you could just watch a documentary? That sounds boring, but it's like Hollywood have run out of ideas. They don't know what else to create, so instead they're going to cash in on famous people that people are obsessed with just for a guaranteed. Yep, we're gonna. We're going to earn a bit of money from this, you know, and it's boring. I absolutely despise biopics. I find it so uninspired. And the issue is, is that it's not like that it's one coming out every, every so often. It's one coming out a lot of times. For example, what we've got the, it's, we, we had the Queen one. We had, I forgot his name. We have another one. There was another one. I forgot his name. You know, sack it, whatever. But you've also got one of Elvis. Yeah, that's coming out. There's one for Madonna. Madonna's getting one. And quite controversially enough, Halsey's getting a biopic starring, what's her face? Eleven from Strange Things. What is her name? Oh, my mind's gone blank. Bloody hell. No. So, yeah. So, Halsey's getting one. And the issue that I have with that is Halsey's still, I would say, in the height of her career. She's still in the game. You know, she hasn't retired. She's not died. So, why is she getting a biopic? Because anything could change from this point onwards. But all from the point that they're deciding to write it, anything could change. And out of all of the modern artists of today, as much as I love Halsey and her music, I wouldn't say, does she deserve a biopic? I wouldn't think so. No. To put it into perspective, Halsey's getting a biopic, not Adele. You know, Ed, cause Adele's just like an absolute powerhouse of a singer. Uh, even famous singers are like mm, i would i want to go watch adele you know so biopics i just I, I don't agree with them just watch the documentary documentaries of these people are more interesting than a biopic because the documentary goes fully in depth into like exactly what their childhood was like you know how they got to where they were whereas biopics like everything's just over some bits are thrown in just for the sake of having drama and it's like mm, people are gonna watch that and think oh that's how it went no that's not how it went they just added it in because it needed a bit of spice in a already boring bio pick so that's my two cents on the situation i get and like i said as much as i love halsey i don't think she should be getting a biopic no no unless she's retired then yeah go for it 10 out of 10 but there are other pop icons who have been doing who have been in the business longer than she has and they've not got a biopic so what is the point unless she's got a really interesting childhood but hey ho again they might try to make it as uh, dramatic as possible because that's what they like doing anyway another thing that i disagree with is master chef so i don't watch master chef at the moment but i do watch the small snippets of master chef in the like snapchat stories or in like the youtube recommends and whatnot and they usually come up with a, a master chef clip and i i one that keeps on coming up is australian master chef no not australian New Zealand Master Chef. Or oh, is it Canada? The one with the Asian chef. What's his face? Chef Chef Alvin? Is that his name? I don't know. But he needs to take a chill pill, uh, for one. He tries to be Gordon Ramsay, but he failed. The issue is, is that God, even Gordon Ramsay doesn't act like this in Master Chef. He acts like this in Hell's Kitchen because they're all claiming to be professional chefs and they can't even cook a body risotto. But in an actual Master Chef, he's very understanding. He's a very understanding person because he knows that these are home chefs. There's also a very big contrast as well between 
how he treats adults and how he treats ch- children in the children's MasterChef. But I, he, he does it because, again, in Hell's Kitchen, they're claiming to be professionals, yet they can't even cook basic stuff. So the anger is warranted. However, Chef Alvin, I think that's his name anyway, in whatever MasterChef it is, New Zealand, Australia, what, whatever, Canada, I think it's Canada, I think it is, but he just needs to take a chill pill. When things go wrong, he shouts at them and he's like, this is unacceptable. But the problem is, is that when he's angry, it's more funny than it is terrifying. If I was shouted at by Chef Alvin, I'd laugh in his face. I'd be like, hmm. Okay, take a step back, mate. You are as intimidating as a baby pulling an angry face. And also, what is it? Chef Best, Bestie, Bestie, what, Bestiano, which is the one where he's with uh, Gordon Mamsey and that other fella. You know, he also needs to take a chill pill. Why is life so serious? What is the point of getting angry at home chefs for a living? Take that silver spoon out of your ass, right? And then maybe you'd be able to live life a little better. Yeah. yeah, so that's one of the things that annoy me about MasterChef. Another thing as well is, it's called MasterChef, yet they heavily prioritise dessert tasks, don't they? You know, like cakes and stuff and cake making, and then they're penalised and then they're... But when someone comes along, it's like, this is MasterChef, this is unacceptable. Yeah, it's MasterChef, mate, it's not Master Baker. And, you know, maybe, arguably, they should know how to bake, okay, yeah, but it shouldn't be a focus or it shouldn't be... A winning point for the tasks but yeah you have it's two different things because it requires two different skills and the fact that, that i see all the time they're focusing on bloody cakes and things and there, there was one where they had to guess the flavors of a layered cake who has time for that who who's gonna eat that i'm like oh yeah i could taste all of these seven flavors no it's set up to fail and they take it so seriously as well they look at the cake and they think mm, this is this is Master Chef, and uh, you didn't do too well on that bacon task, did you? So, <laughs> go home. It does not make any sense. And another thing as well is, that, again, these are home chefs. These are chefs who they just cook, I'm guessing, for fun. And they've applied because, you know, they may want to take it a step further. And yet, they throw in tasks like, here is an Indian curry. Guess all 20 billion flavours within this Indian curry. Who has the time? Who cares? I don't even watch like a full video because as soon as I'm into it, I just get annoyed. I get angry either at the tasks that they've been given or at the uh, at the chefs in general. You know, it's just, it's, it's really, they're, they're all so, they're on arseholes. It's just cringy to watch. I don't like it. Anyway, that felt like more of a rant to be fair. I've been, I've been ranting for a full, I don't know how many minutes it's been. But anyway, uh, because Ellie isn't here, we're not going to do Nerd Off. So I think it's our time to move on to... In what world? This week's top stories. Fish are taking a plane. The world's largest bacterium has been discovered. And apparently there is no need anymore for completing a capture quiz. I'm Leon and this is In What World? So our first story today, a salmon firm plans to fly fish in its own Boeing 757. So a salmon farming company has bought a Boeing 757 in a race to get its fresh fish onto the plains of diners in Manhattan in less than 24 hours. The Faroes firm Backerfrost which also owns the Scottish Salmon Company, argues it can cut its carbon footprint by flying its own jet across the Atlantic and minimise waste by getting its fish to the US customers faster. However, sustainability campaigners say its transatlantic flights raise new questions about the climate impact of the global seafood industry and its increasing reliance on air freight to open new markets overseas. Backerfrost 757 is being converted into a flying fridge 
capable of carrying 35 tons of fresh salmon chilled to zero degrees from the Faroe Isles. So a, a company is flying their own fish. They've took it upon themselves to, to do that. And uh, campaigners are campaigning against it because they believe that, you know, it, it could get there faster and it could cut down the costs of uh, or some of the pollution from the, the, the traditional methods. And my problem with, well, not this situation, I think, you know, what they're doing is it's cool, whatever. Just do you do you, whatever. It's the it's the campaigners who are campaigning against it. The issue that I have is how how is this company supposed to transport this stuff in an alternative method? Like if they could come up with a solution or if they can invent a solution and then this company is actively not taking that solution, then yeah, okay, complain about it. But I feel like nowadays it's like you're complaining for the sake of complaining. You know, you complain about, oh, this is causing you know, global warming, this is causing pollution and things, then yeah, it's bad. But what is the alternative? What is the offer? Unless you want us to go back to caveman times and literally just live like that thing. It's an issue as well is that these campaigners, there are many things that they will do which will negatively impact the carbon footprint. You could do anything and it negatively impacts the carbon footprint. Everybody's doing it. Okay, there's no, there's no set solution. Yes, there are methods to be able to cut back from that and, you know, maybe not use as less as possible, but what, what's the alternative solution for that? So, again, it just goes back to life is short. What is, what is the need of just, you know, complaining about these things? Everybody's going to die anyway. Take a chill pill, okay? Yeah, okay, back in the day, the ozone layer was, uh, it was very bad, in fact. It was getting to a... Uh, crisis levels but fortunately all the world leaders they got together and they created a a deal and now the ozone layer is prepared now so we fixed that <laughs> but for everything else it's like everybody's contributing to the carbon footprint in some way some are major some are just less it's just just deal with it anyway in other news scientists have discovered the largest bacterium the size of an eyelash. So this bacterium comes in the form of white filaments the size of human eyelashes in a swamp in Guadalupe. Guadeloupe? Guadeloupe. I'm saying it and I feel like somebody has said this before. It's just I can't wrap my... Guadeloupe? Guadeloupe? I don't bloody know. But at about one centimetre long, the strange organism... Oh my word. Thea Margarita. Magnifica. Wow. Is roughly 50 times larger than all other known giant bacteria and the first to be visible with the naked eye. Bloody hell. The thin white strands were discovered on the surfaces of decaying mangrove leaves in shallow tropical marine marshes. The discovery was a surprise because according to models of cell metabolisms, bacteria should simply not grow this big. Previously, scientists had suggested an upper possible size limit about 100 times smaller than the new species. So we're discovering something new every day, aren't we? We're discovering something new every week, and that is why science is quite interesting. Tegan would disagree. <laughs> In fact, I can imagine exactly what Tegan would be saying right now if she was having it. And that would be, why can't we, you know, pump these resources into like more important things, like other things? But I find it really interesting. <laughs> I find this stuff great because it's it's the the volatility of you know science and how it changes. It's not good for GCSE students, granted, because the things that you learn in GCSE they can change in about ten years' time. Like, hey, do you remember when we said that the Earth has a core? Yeah, that's false. It's actually a giant. Um, ice cube in the center i don't know uh obviously that's an exaggeration but yeah so it's just, it changes all the time i find it really interesting and also a, a piece of bacteria being seen with the naked eye that is great and again it, it kind of changes some of the uh some of the theory study within you know a level and gcse level science so i find it quite fun i did uh also get a what was it an a star in chemistry and physics and an a in biology so you know <laughs> 
Oh, but where did that go? Where did those skills go? They went nowhere. <laughs> I'm not a doctor, not a scientist. Didn't apply. Not an astronomer. I did want to be an astronomer at some point. I did want to work at NASA, and there was a there was an opportunity for me to be able to apply for an internship there. But unfortunately, the uh, person who was setting that up they, they had to take time off essentially uh, because of a few family issues. So that's understandable. But yeah, no, I looking back, hmm, I had a lot of prospects, didn't I? I did really well in my, in my exams. Did really well. Just didn't apply them. But to be fair, I look on that now and I think, well, if I were to go down that route. I would still be in university, possibly studying a subject which I'm not really that into. Like That's why I picked geography, chemistry and biology when I went to A-levels, and that was because I liked geography. Geography was the only one of those options that I liked. Chemistry I picked because I got an A-star in it, and biology I picked because I thought, oh, if I pair that with these two other subjects, I'd be able to apply to be a doctor in university. But I knew that, that, that it wasn't really the career path for me essentially, because there's a difference between being a doctor and being a doctor that's passionate about their job. It's it's very different things. Like, if your goal every day is to go out and save lives, you have to be passionate about it. I was originally, to be fair, hands up, going down that pathway because, like, mm, this is a... Uh, this this bumps me up society uh, a little bit, you know? It's, it's a respected profession, and um, it, it'd be quite cool to be one of the first members of the family to be a doctor. But, you know, I've realised that that's not really healthy to approach things like that. So instead I went off and I did my own thing. And I look back on that and I think if I were to go down that, that other route, then I wouldn't have been able to, you know, get my car now. I wouldn't have been able to fund a lot of things that I've got for myself. A lot of like essential things as well. I wouldn't be able to like freely go out anywhere and, you know, treat friends, treat family, things like that. So there's a lot of things that I wouldn't have been able to do if I went down the path. But I am... I'm content. The only thing I'm not content about is doing those exams. <laughs> those exams can go oh one two one do one because they have the bane of my existence at the moment. But again, those exams are not in reflection of my company that I'm with. Like I, I actually enjoy the work that I do. It's a lot of experience within like the core business practices and things, and it's something that I've always been inter- interested in. And in my company as well, they're focusing on the hydrogen side of things and, you know, pushing that sustainability for hydrogen and things. And that, to me, that's quite interesting. So that's my, that's my plans in the future to get involved in those projects. But yeah, I'm, I'm quite content at the moment. I'm, I'm happy that I did go to university. And also just because I didn't go a few years ago doesn't mean I can't still go. You know, there will be opportunities for me to study at a university if I wanted to. But anyway, in other news, the iOS verification updates marks an end to captures so do you know when you're you know going online and you're visiting a website and then you get brought up a really weird thing called a capture where you have to pick all the traffic lights that are shown for example but sometimes the capture is quite weird when it just shows one picture of for example a traffic light and it says please click on all the traffic lights okay does that mean you know click on click on the lights like click on the actual lights and then the 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 pole bit does it also want me to click on the spaces which is just a picture of the sky, but a little corner is of the traffic light? I don't understand them, but they're basically what captures are, if you weren't aware already. And an iOS update has implemented something where you no longer have to do that. So a new feature in the upcoming versions of iOS and macOS, Apple's operating systems for iPhones and computers, promises to give the boot to captures once and for all. Called automatic verification, the technology will allow sites to verify you and not a robot without you having to do anything at all. And this is a direct quote from Apple's Tommy Pauly. You likely don't enjoy being interrupted by these. I certainly don't. The reason these experiences exist is to prevent fraudulent activity. 
If you run a server, you don't want it to be overwhelmed by fraud. Some attempts to create accounts or buy products come from legitimate users, but others attempts may be from attackers or bots. So they pretty much implemented a new thing in their update, which gets rid of the, the capture side of things and they do it all automatically. If you're on Android, ha, suck it. <laughs> Sorry. No, if you're on Android, that's cool and everything, but you're not going to be able to uh, bypass these, uh, these capture things, unfortunately. But yes. Anyway. I think it's now time to move on to Agony Ant. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. So in this segment, Tegan usually comes up with something uh, that she's thought of in her head or something that has been requested by somebody else. It's a question which she tries to answer to the best of her ability, but most of the times the answers are quite questionable. Now, I actually don't have a specific question, but I did call across an article from The Telegraph about a woman who's talking about her son's girlfriend. And when I read that, it was possibly one of the most anger-inducing things I've ever read. So I'm going to share it with you all, and uh, we'll, we'll see together who's in the wrong here. Her son, her son's girlfriend, or her. I think you have a, an understanding of who is in the wrong in this situation. It's a pretty long article as well, so bear with me, but it's, it's, it's like a, it's, it's a story, pretty much. This woman has gone full on, full on against her son's girlfriend and i mean just from the tone of it you knew exactly the type of woman that she is okay so let's let's enlighten ourselves my son is 16 and has his first proper girlfriend he spends all his time with her and my husband and i encourage them to be under our roof to ensure that we can keep an eye on things now you see woman that is the first that is the first issue you're forcing your son and her to be living under the same roof as you the only trouble is i completely disapprove of her Oh, wow. What she does, she must be an awful person, right? We are a nice family from a respectable middle-class background. Mm. This girl seems, well, rough. She could barely string a sentence together. And when I've occasionally stooped at texts from her to my son, they are barely legible and she can't spell for toffee. She speaks badly and barely says hello or registers my existence when she comes to our house. She has no manners. I know this won't last forever, and my husband tells me I need to calm down and this will fizzle out, but I can't stand the girl. I am no snob. Mm, okay. But my husband says I'm being snobby about this girl. It's led to arguments between us as he says I've got more judgmental as I've got older. But I can't bring myself to like her. One day I decided to try and get to know her. So I made us a family meal and invited her too. I know it sounds harsh but she held her knife like a pen, used her fork in the wrong hand and kept whispering to my son and giggling. I felt like throwing my plate at her. I felt so angry that she was being so disrespectful. Wow. 
I've still not met her parents either and have no idea who they are or what they do. After weeks like this, I did sit our son down and ask how things were going. He replied great and that he really, really liked her. But I just can't see why. He's a bright boy who's on track to get good GCSEs this year. I fear she is dragging him down. I asked her what she wants to do when she's older and she shrugged and looked at me blankly. I've spoken to other mums and none of them are in my shoes. Their sons either don't have a girlfriend yet or have met nice girls they approve of. One friend has even made friends with her son's girlfriend's mother and they have coffee together. Wow. To make things worse, my son has started waking up in the night to chat to her on his mobile phone. I woke up at 2 a.m. Well, I woke up at 2 a.m. a few nights ago hearing him whispering to her, he's never done this before with anybody else. I know this is her influence and I fear his grades will slip and he might fail his GCSEs. All for a girlfriend he probably, hopefully, won't even remember in a few years time. She has an Instagram page featuring photos of herself barely dressed. She's just everything I would never have wanted for my son. I've tried to sit down and tell him this isn't forever, that he will have to go to a different college, that he will meet other girls, but he just rolls his eye and tells me to chill out. I'm absolutely terrified they might have <laughs> they might have sex and she might get pregnant. It keeps me awake at night and I am in a constant state of anxiety at the thought of being bound to this girl forever through an accidental pregnancy. I just wanted our son to have a nice first girlfriend, but this girl has invaded our family and is ruining my life. And that is the article. Now, I have many opinions on this, but as politely as possible, I am going to say the mother is in the wrong, don't you think? Okay, yeah, maybe it's kind of bad that, you know, she doesn't say hello or anything and whatnot, but that's not the end all and be all. The issue that this woman has with this girl is the fact that she is from a rough background. She can't string a sentence together. She can't hold a fork and knife properly. All of these things. And then she goes around and says, I'm not snobby. I'm not a snobby person. When everybody, including your husband, is telling you to chill out, take a step back, stop being judgmental, maybe the problem is you and not the girl. And my issue is, is that he's, this, the son is happy with this girl that he is with. Every mother would want their son to be happy, right? So what is the issue here? In my opinion, this woman is jealous of the fact that this girl is essentially, you know, taking his baby away from her. I think she's one of those parents from the sounds of it. And I don't even think it would be because she's from a rough background. I just think if any girl was in that situation, she'd still want to be, oh, he's mommy's boy, you know, oh, he's my son. It's just, just go away, grow up. It's just reason that, I don't know if you, you also got the same vibes as well as me, but reading that article was just so rage-inducing. Because people are brought up in many different ways. Maybe, yeah, she's from a rough background, but what, just because somebody doesn't know how to hold a fork and knife, you know, makes them an incorrect match for their son. And I'm going to be honest as well, GCSEs don't matter that much, okay? Even if he absolutely tanks his GCSEs, there are still many options within college for you to take, and he still end up going to university anyway. Like, come on, people. There were people who've gone to universities with, like, C's at A-levels or, like, GCSEs and things. As long as you pass, you pass, you know? So, he just needs to take a chill pill. He? I mean, she. She just needs to take a chill pill and just let her son be happy. He's 16 years old, okay? He's not going to go to bed on time every night. He's going to stay up and he's going to talk to his girlfriend or he's going to stay up and he's going to play games. So, the, the bringing up the argument of, he's never done this before with anybody else. Well, because he's in, he's, what is it, the honeymoon phase? He's in that phase at the moment. Let him enjoy it as a teenager. If you're there imposing like all of these restrictions on him, he's going to start rebelling. And you know what? He's going to end up with a girlfriend even worse than this one apparently is because he's going to start rebelling against you and your bloody authoritarian methods. <laughs> 
there's much more that I can say about the situation, but I feel like just this episode's just been really ranty for me today, and I don't know why. I think it's just it's in the uh, the height of me filming my exams, and I just I need I need an escape method, you know, just something to let it all out. Granted, I also did that in Thai boxing, you know, I punched a bag to death in Thai boxing on the day that I found out that I failed. But um, yeah, it's been a really ranty one, so I'm gonna hold it there. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it where it stands, and I think it's now time to wrap it up for this week. If you enjoyed what we had to say, well, what I had to say. You can support us on Patreon for as little as a pound or a dollar forty. But to be fair, I think I'm I, I think I'm gonna get rid of Patreon. I think I am because I've not updated it in like absolute years. And yeah, I don't I don't know. I, I, I don't want to. I don't like asking money from people if I'm not able to fulfil those promises, you know. So I think I might end up getting rid of the Patreon. Yeah. Anyway, so you can also find our social media links in the podcast bio or the episode bio, and you can also find us on TikTok at gtnalt underscore podcast, which has been run by. The amazing co-host Ellie, who is not here because she decided Greg's was more important. Uh, But yes, thank you everybody for listening. And hopefully we will all see you next week. Goodbye.